Blog Talk Radio. and gentlemen, and welcome to the 619th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you an American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. Get your daily reading from me and other writers over at Beyond the 90 at beyondthe90.substack.com and locally on the New York Red Bulls at redbullnewsnetwork.com. But as always, this show is dedicated to the game in the United States. Chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves if you like. If you have a question for me, I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the second of two shows reviewing the 2024 U.S. Open Cup qualifying rounds. And now we will finish off the remaining six clubs out of the 11 that have qualified for the 2024 U.S. Open Cup as we get ready for next year when we get to the first round draw. And once again, the schedule is also out for the U.S. Open Cup in 2024. So let us now look at, because now it's official, the teams, the clubs that will be taking part in round one of the 2024 U.S. Open Cup. Those clubs, of course, from the amateur leagues, the National Premier Soccer League, USL League Two. Here is that list right now in full. The U.S. Adult Soccer Association National Amateur Cup winner is SC Mesoamerica from California in the Liga Deportiva Morazan USASA. The United Premier Soccer League, their spring champion that gets that automatic bid for the Open Cup in 2024 from Florida, AS Frenzy. Once again, your 11 local qualifiers that went through the qualifying tournament these last three months in four rounds. Azteca FC from the Colorado Premier League in the USSA Soccer League uh, Division. Chicago House AC representing Illinois from the Midwest Premier League. Christos FC again from the Maryland Super uh, Soccer League. FC America CFL Spurs in Florida from the United States Soccer League. Foro SC from Texas in the UPSL. South Carolina United Heat in South Carolina for also the UPSL. Brockton FC United out of Massachusetts. Varingung Erzgeberge of Pennsylvania out of the United Soccer League of PA. Miami United FC in Florida from the United States Soccer League. FC Folsom out of California in the UPSL. And Irvine Zeta FC. Number two now, from California, 
out of the UPSL because now that their main club will be a part of the National Independent Soccer Association, their now amateur team, their two-team, will be opening in the first round. In the National Premier Soccer League, the NPSL Cup champions, Tulsa Athletic from Oklahoma, Apotheos FC out of Georgia, Westchester United SC out of Pennsylvania, El Farolito once again from California, Steel City FC out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, FC Motown in Morristown, New Jersey. Also, they play some of their games in Madison, New Jersey. Lubbock Matadors from the state of Texas. And returning once again, Duluth FC out of Minnesota. And finally, from USL League Two, the USL League Two champions in Ballard FC out of Washington, just outside of Seattle. Chicago City out of Illinois. Asheville City out of North Carolina. Salem City, formerly known as North Carolina Fusion, their under-23 side, of course, based in North Carolina. Brave SC, formerly known as the Villages, they represent Florida. Redlands FC out of California. South Carolina United FC Bantams, and of course, South Carolina. Once again, the return of the Des Moines Menace out of Iowa. Western Mass Pioneers out of Massachusetts. For the very first time, the Vermont Green FC, of course, from the great state of Vermont. And finally, the Hudson Valley Hammers out of New York. So those are your 32 Open Cup first round entrants in the amateur divisions. And here is the schedule layout for the 2024 U.S. Open Cup. The first round will be the dates between Tuesday, March 19th through Thursday, March 21st. The second round will be two dates on Tuesday, April the 2nd and Wednesday, April the 3rd. The third round will be on Tuesday, April the 16th and Wednesday, April the 17th. The fourth round or the round of 32 will be on Tuesday, May 7th and Wednesday, May 8th. The round of 16, or the, the fifth round, Tuesday, May 21st, and Wednesday, May 22nd. Then we get to the quarterfinals. That will be in July on the 9th and 10th, Tuesday and Wednesday. The semifinals will be on Tuesday, August the 27th, and Wednesday, August the 28th. And then finally, in on uh, Wednesday, September the 25th, the final championship final of the U.S. Open Cup will be on that day. Now, as much as you know and I know, our beliefs will be, once again, U.S. Open Cup matches to be broadcasted on CBS Sports Galazzo Network. But the hope, the hope is that the entire tournament, every single match of every single round, now I'm not saying I have heard anything currently, but I am hoping that this will happen, that CBS Sports will broadcast every single match of every single round with the help of not just their Golazo network online through Pluto TV for free or hopefully 
the Paramount Plus website and app. Now, once again, I have no knowledge if that will happen, but my hope is that ever since CBS Sports did an excellent job with both the semifinals and the final of last year's Open Cup tournament, as well as their several selection of matches on the CBS Sports Galazzo Network, that maybe the hope is they will take over the entire tournament. Not just for 2024, but hopefully for many, 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 many years to come. CBS Sports and their excellent coverage of the of not just the U.S. Open Cup, but of all their soccer properties that they own. Obviously, CONCACAF's Nations League tournament for the national teams, the group stage, and of course, the semifinals, third place match, and the final, which will be in Arlington, Texas, this upcoming March, should be a lot of fun. Also, let's also not forget CONCACAF World Cup qualifying matches, the Serie A in Italy, the NWSL, the UEFA International Club Tournaments in the Champions League, the Europa League, the Conference League, the Brasileiro, and the Argentinian First Division, Scottish Premier League, the Asian Champions League, Asian AFC World Cup qualifiers, and of course, now, starting in 2024, the United Soccer League's Championship League and League One will now be broadcasted for 100 matches in total on Paramount Plus, CBS Sports Network, CBS Sports National, and the Galazzo Network. You could also see on your Paramount Plus app or website, and of course, their channel for free on the Pluto TV website. And this is why I have been screaming for CBS Sports to be the home of the Open Cup on a permanent basis. Now, I would love, if it's possible, to maybe share some of these matches, if, if it does happen, with Bleacher Report Turner, if they want to show some of their matches there. Uh, I wouldn't mind if ESPN would use their Plus service to show some of their matches as well of the Open Cup, and maybe even Peacock, who is also showing Open Cup matches, the semifinal matches and the final last year on Telemundo, Spanish language. Why not? I, I would not be opposed for them to also broadcast Open Cup matches, even if it is in Spanish language. I would love to see that happen. We'll find out. Hopefully it will come true, but we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. Um, like I said, currently, no knowledge. No knowledge of anything that's going to come out of CBS Sports, but the hope is not just the semifinals and the final, not just a random match here and there in every single round, but the entire matches, every single match of every single round of the U.S. Open Cup. I am hoping that CBS Sports will take the initiative, move forward, and absolutely grab the bull by the horns like they have done so far under P. 
Peter Radovich Jr., the executive producer for the CBS Sports Soccer Department, grabbed the bull by the horns and absolutely make the U.S. Open Cup what it should be. Back in the days, did a good job. But honestly, I feel CBS Sports will enhance that. They will enhance that and make it bigger and better than what we have seen in past years. Because this is why this tournament is a part of the game in this country, the true ecosystem of American soccer. The true ecosystem of American soccer. The U.S. Open Cup. Every single match of every single round, all professional clubs and those amateur sides to qualify for that opening round, and then we can hope and pray they have a long, long life to push themselves deep into an Open Cup run. Now, we don't know what will happen at the end of it, but for goodness sakes, ladies and gentlemen, it makes me feel very good that CBS Sports has this in their hands, documenting the history of the Open Cup. If you saw what we saw in the championship final, in the pre-match show, down at DRV PNK Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, when Inter-Miami hosted the Houston Dynamo, significant uh significifying uh, i know i didn't say that word correctly uh significantly i should say to signify there we go signify american history with american soccer history on the lamar hunt u.s open cup and that is what we all hope for that is what we all strive for and that is what i believe must happen with the open cup CBS Sports, their magic has been tremendous. Their production work has been second to none. And I believe right now they are the ones that can really elevate this competition, the U.S. Open Cup. It's time to really push it forward, and it's really time that this tournament gets the spotlight, and the full respect that it deserves. Let's go CBS Sports. Let's get things done. Put every match of every round through Paramount Plus and CBS Sports Galazzo Network and CBS Sports Network as well. Great show for you tonight once again, ladies and gentlemen. The final six clubs out of the 11 tonight that have qualified for the 2024 U.S. Open Cup for the opening round, and now we will review those matches right away. First things first. So I try to get as many of them as I can, but here is the first club that we're going to talk about, and that is Miami United. You know, they did get that first round by, like many of the other uh, winners in the opening round through the qualification process, and they have been consistently 
qualifying for the U.S. Open Cup for so many years. Miami United, once a part of the NPSL, now in an amateur league, they have been the model club through qualification, whether they're matching, uh, they're playing their matches at home or going on the road. No matter what, Miami United always showing us why they are becoming one of the consistent amateur sides that qualifies for this tournament and why they want to prove it's not just Inter-Miami and it's not just Miami FC, but they, along with the many other clubs in South Florida or within the South Florida area, that they are the most consistent amateur club fighting, scratching, clawing, getting to their destination. And that is to always hold, after the fourth and final round of qualifying, that banner that says U.S. Open Cup qualified. That's it. That's the hope they always want to have. That is the hope that they want to move forward on. That is why they go out and they want to prove they are one of the best, not just representing the city, not just representing the area, not just representing that part of the state of Florida, but why they are always a threat when we get to the U.S. Open Cup proper tournament starting this upcoming March 19th in 2024. They are ready to go, and they're ready to make a move. Here are their matches once again. Now, once again, they had a first-round bye to start their qualification in October, and that was in round two. They took on Soccer Paradise FC and blitzed them four goals to nil. Moving on forward, they went to the third round, and they hosted Miami Soccer Academy and blitzed them as well for goals nil. Excuse me, I have to, I made an error there. Uh, my writing, I have to uh, make sure I read this correctly. It was nine goals to nil against Soccer Paradise FC in the second round. Then they hosted, that was at Soccer Paradise FC. Then they came home to host Miami Soccer Academy, and that was a 4-0 victory for them. And then finally at home, City Soccer FC, who had a decent run in qualifying, unfortunately fell in the final round in Miami United's home, three goals to one, and Miami United advances to the opening round of the 2024 U.S. Open Cup. And that, my friends, is just an amazing thing to see. It's just an amazing thing to read. And you got to love what goes on with the U.S. Open Cup and why these teams are always going to be exciting. And you give them this moment in the spotlight to show what they want to do in the Open Cup. 
that is why we always try to find a way to give these clubs uh, that moment where it's their term. It's, it's their turn. It's their time. And for them to go out and battle and to really, really do an amazing job covering the Open Cup and just absolutely have fun and enjoying ourselves while we're doing it to see them move forward and absolutely enjoying their time in open cup qualifying. So that's been amazing to see. And that's been amazing to watch them go forward and absolutely do amazing things. The next team we're going to talk about is 4OSC. Now, this is a brand new side from Dallas, Texas, in the Dallas, Texas area. They are, for the first time in the Open Cup, representing the Dallas area in Texas. Now, we love to talk about uh, debutantes, rookies, to be involved in Open Cup qualifying and, of course, qualifying for the Open Cup for the very first time. Because when I saw Foro SC attempting to get in there and they went all the way through the gauntlet, boy, oh boy, it just brings a smile to your face. It really brings a smile to your face when you are witnessing something like that. It reminds me of the day when Dallas Roma first entered the Open Cup through qualifying and then they just went on a run and they absolutely went out and did a job absolutely went out and showed why why they want to be in the open cup show why they want to be a part of it unfortunately for them they fell flat in the fourth round and they just couldn't move on any further. So that was Dallas-Roma back in the day. And hopefully, 4OSC can give us a run as well. I know we've already talked about Christos FC last night. But still, though, that's the stuff that we want to see. This is the excitement of the Open Cup. Because we want to see these clubs moving forward, getting an opportunity to go out and try their best to go out and make a run so that they can have their opportunity to be under the spotlight and so that everyone can talk to them. And you know what else was actually fun as well about that Christos FC run? Not only were they talked about on Scott Van Pelt's show on ESPN, but also Damon Amendolara, who was at the time on CBS Sports Radio, he talked about it as well, that run. You can go on YouTube. You can type it in, uh, Scott Van Pelt or Christos FC uh, on Scott Van Pelt show. You can still pull up the highlight goal of Mamadou Kanse when he's beat DC United. I always go back to that video, that had a highlight. I remember watching that match from start to finish, even though they fell to DC United. 
in the fourth round of that Open Cup in 2017. The truth of the matter is this. They put a scare in D.C. United, absolute scare in D.C. United until finally Christos just ran out of gas. But you know what else is fun? Seeing people at the Boyd's Maryland Soccerplex surrounding in the seats, on the grassy lawn, on the knoll, Neon green shirts representing Christos. And then in midfield on the stripe on the far side is the little block of DC United fans. That was unbelievable. That was a lot of fun. And that is why I'm hoping these clubs can make that run as well, including Christos hopefully making a return. So here's the run by 4OSC. Now, they too had a first-round bye. They took on a club called 1015 FC in the second round, and it was a 2-0 victory over 1015. Now, in the third round for 4 SC, sadly, they advanced on a forfeit by Athletic Katy because apparently we found out that their players that were supposed to arrive were stuck in traffic. And unfortunately, the traffic was too long. They could not arrive in time. And Athletic Katie, unfortunately, had to say we, we forfeit because our players just could, their, their players just could not make the match on time. Obviously, there was a, a time limit to try and get the match underway, but and once again, complimentary amount of players uh, to make the roster because of the traffic that they were in, car traffic, of course. So that was very disheartening for Athletic Katie. And I feel bad when a club is not able to qualify or at least attempt to play the match when they are stuck in traffic or the club just could not get their complimentary roster to come to the location, whether it be them as the host club, or if they just don't have uh, the finances to make the trip to go to the location to play that match. So I felt bad for Athletic Katie, but hopefully for them, in next year for the 2025 U.S. Open Cup qualification rounds, I do hope they do make another trip uh, through the qualifying rounds, and hopefully they will uh, make another attempt at the U.S. Open Cup. And I also hope their players will find another way to leave earlier than normal so they can make it to the stadium or to the field so they can participate in an Open Cup qualifier. That's the hope I, I want from them. And then finally, for 4 SC, they took on Alamo City Soccer Club in the final round, and uh, 4OSC destroyed them four goals to nil, clean sheet, and that put 4OSC into the first round. 
of the 2024 U.S. Open Cup. So that is uh, exciting to hear. That is awesome to talk about. And once again, clubs like Miami United, that is a stalwart club, uh, consistently making the Open Cup. You know, that's always great to see consistency out of these clubs that want to be a part of this. And then you talk about Foro SC, their first trip into the Open Cup. And I cannot wait to see them get that opportunity. And hopefully, when we find out the date of the draw of the first round of the U.S. Open Cup in the proper tournament, it should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. And I personally cannot wait to see what will happen with those clubs coming in. Cannot wait to see what's going to happen when they go out there and they battle for 90 minutes, maybe an extra 30, maybe a penalty kick shootout. But we'll see what happens moving forward when these clubs go out there and they attempt to make it to the opening round of the U.S. Open Cup and attempting to go further than the opening round. So we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. And we're getting ready to talk about more clubs, of course, moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest tonight, he really needs no introduction, but I give him one anyway because of what he has done in the American soccer community not just in the professional ranks, but the amateurs as well. The one and only Peter Wilt joining me as we discuss once again Chicago House qualifying for the U.S. Open Cup. Peter, good evening once again, and how are you? Terrific, Daniel. It's like Groundhog Day all over again, and I couldn't be happier. Absolutely. You know, Peter, every single time we get to Open Cup uh, nights uh, or weeks across America, you always have to shamefully, shamefully show us your four U.S. Open Cup championship rings. How is it you continue to blind us on social media with that? Oh, gosh. I, I am very proud of the four Open Cup rings uh, I won with the Chicago Fire. But I was actually saying to someone yesterday that the two qualifications – for Chicago House in the last two years into the Open Cup proper, in a lot of ways was more rewarding, more satisfying than winning as an MLS team. Because, you know, a, a Goliath is supposed to win, right? Uh, but qualifying as an amateur team from the Midwest Premier League is really rewarding. It's, it's being David, right? It's being David and, and slaying some Goliaths along the way. So, very proud of, of the work that head coach Matt Poland, uh, Captain A.R. Smith, and the, the whole squad did to uh, get back to the dance, so to speak. So let me ask you this. Um, now that you've experienced both sides of the coin here, you know, as an automatic uh, club when you're with Chicago Fire, of course, and now going through four rounds of qualification – what type of energy is that for you? Is it the same or is it a little bit more stressful because you got to go through oh, these amateur clubs much in more stressful. the area? <laughs> mm. It's much more stressful because, 
uh, it's what we live for is for uh, these uh, this uh, competition. You know, in Major League Soccer, you know, when I was with the Chicago Fire, we really took it seriously, right? And I think that played mm-hmm. into the su- success we had. But, you know, the truth is if we didn't move on, if we didn't win, it wasn't the end of the world. We'd have uh, MLS competition to go back to. And uh, for most of our fans, I think – that's what they thought was a priority. Whereas uh, as the underdog, as the amateur club, the Open Cup qualifying is more important than the regular season because that's the opportunity, the only opportunity to play against higher division clubs. So it's more stressful. Um, you know, like any knockout competition, there is no tomorrow. Um, it's a version of uh, March Madness uh, and the NCAA basketball tournament. There is nothing if you don't win. So we're very excited and pleased that for two straight years, uh, we've been able to advance. Mm, oh, absolutely. And of course, that was uh, a lot of fun watching uh what you've got, what you've done here with Chicago House, and how they're able to go out there and uh, just absolutely give us a lot of fun to watch what you guys have done and what you've done. You know, not just Chicago House, obviously, um, Indy Eleven, uh, Forward Madison, and USL Championship and League One. I mean, you know, your 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 hands are are all over open cup runs and you know op- and teams fighting in the open cup and you know the run that you had last year uh was pretty damn good. I mean, uh especially defeating your fo- your former side in Forward Madison, that had to be a big road victory for you over there. Oh, uh, it really was. The 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 whole trip from qualifying to uh beating Milwaukee Bavarians who's a competitor in the Midwest Premier League. And it was great having two Midwest Premier League teams in the Open Cup. I mean, it it really is a statement to the quality of that league, which has come so far in such a short amount of time. And then, yes, coming from behind 2 nothing against Madison at halftime and winning an extra time 3-2 to two was special. And we held our own uh, at the fire. We played away at SeatGeek Stadium in uh, the third round, and we held the fire scoreless for about a third of the game uh, before they finally wore us down and uh, they, they won 3 to nothing. Uh, but it was still very satisfying. And you know what? Um, qualifying this second year is – more, even more special in a lot of ways. It's very difficult to repeat in anything you do because I think there is a certain even unconscious um, expectation maybe that you'll repeat. And that's just not true. The second time is harder. Uh, and for us in particular, and I think for an amateur team in particular, because there is a bit of turnover, more sort of than a bit, uh, we had uh, seven players returning from uh, the first team that advanced. Uh, but, you know, we had a roster of about 14, 15 new faces. And it's a credit to uh, head coach Matt Poland and the culture he's created, uh, not only the, the, the quantity of training sessions we have, four training sessions a week, which is a lot for an amateur team, but the quality. Uh, he's put together a, a terrific uh, culture along uh, with our leadership. I mentioned A.R. Smith, our captain, our um, assistant captain, Shannon Seymour, 
and some of the veteran players uh, and the young players that have been integrated. Chicago's got a great pool of talent, and it's not just Chicago House. You know, Edgewater Castle, uh, Berber City, RWB Adria, uh, DeKalb County United, there are some really good teams in the area. So for us, just to get out of the Chicago area, uh, representing um, uh, House in, in Open Cup is, is a real privilege. And I can't wait for uh, Open Cup itself uh, next spring in March. Um, it looks like there's only one other Midwest or Chicago, Illinois team anyways uh, in the, uh, among the amateur teams, the Open uh, teams, and that's Chicago City. So my guess is that we might be drawn against a, a rival of our Chicago City, which will be a fun way to start the Open Cup proper. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and recap um, all of your matches. Now, once again, a first-round bye for Chicago House, so we avoided that first-rounder. You took on Wisloka Chicago. You defeated them 2-1. to one. What was it about Wisloka that gave you a game? Oh, man. They're a good squad. Well, they have uh, uh, one of our old uh, Chicago House professional players, uh, Woj, Woj Woj, <laughs> who uh, played uh, – he's played – for several of my teams. He played for me with Chicago House our first year uh, in NISA, and he also played at Forward Madison, and he also played at Indy 11. So he's kind of following me around. But on this particular instance, we, we, it was our one home game during the uh, Open Cup qualifying for us. And you wouldn't know it because they brought fans. Visloka is a, uh, a Polish-American team um, that – travels well and passionate fans they sang and chanted and had tifo and it was a great atmosphere it, it motivated the house fans as well uh to be loud and proud so it was probably the best atmosphere we had of any of the three games we were fortunate that um they had a red card i believe it was late in the first half uh so we were able to um uh, control play for most of the game because of that, but they had some real chances. And right at the death, Tony Halterman came up with a huge diving save uh, to preserve the win for House. Now, your next match in the third round, you're on the road against, as you said already, another opponent, to another rival, Edgewater Castle Football Club. That was a 3-1 victory. And why was that one uh, even maybe a little bit better than their last run, uh, or should I say your last opponent? I don't know if it was better. It was, it was nice. It was more comfortable because they got a red card in this one, Edgewater did. And, and so we weren't back on our heels, and we scored early. I believe it was like the seventh minute, and there was a cold rain the whole game, a bit uncomfortable, but a good crowd showed up for Edgewater. And again, uh, because it's, it's local, there's fans from both teams. And when you have fans from both teams, there's a little bit more passion, some, some yelling uh, at the referee and, and support of the players. Uh, the Open Cup is just such a great, great tournament, and it's, it's so much fun. Edgewater Castle is a great organization, a wonderful club. We're friendly rivals. Uh, our home fields are walking distance, uh, probably, I think it's like one block away. So it's, it, it's neat to have a rival that that's, you're that close to and you're able to compete against in the Open Cup. Uh, in fact, 
Uh, we're working side by side with Edgewater Castle this Sunday at a, a special promotion uh, called Support Local Soccer. It's Sunday morning during the Premier League games, in particular between the Liverpool versus Manchester United game. It's nationwide, um, and uh, we're doing ours in Chicago at the Globe Pub. I know uh, in McKinney, Texas, Michael Hitchcock is hosting event an event at um, his Pro Rel soccer shop where you can buy uh, lower division. Uh, soccer club merchandise and the idea of this daniel is it's kind of like you know cyber monday or giving tuesday or black friday but for the people in the soccer community especially lower division soccer community where they can support their local soccer team by buying merchandise either online or at one of these pop-up events in milwaukee the milwaukee torrent is going to host one at three lions pub and there'll be other events like that uh, throughout the country. So look them up. This year is the first year it's being done. It's probably going to just get off to a soft start nationally. Uh, but uh, I think next year it'll be even bigger. And it's uh, a neat thing and a great way for fans to support um, lower division soccer and to um, get some great Christmas gifts uh, a week before the holiday. Absolutely. I had Michael Hitchcock on my show to talk about his uh, brand new pro rel soccer shop, and uh, I've seen the pictures. It really looks nice. I, I love seeing uh, not just, obviously, the MLS merchandise being sold or even USL merchandise being sold, but those clubs uh, in the lower leagues getting their opportunity to sell their items and, and their shirts and scarves and whatever else uh, he's selling out there. Uh, it's just wonderful to see them getting the opportunity to share uh, with, One and more of course, thing you I know, Michael mention. being involved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One thing I want to mention along those lines, uh, uh, Michael Hitchcock and I are working together on a new project just announced today. So your listeners are kind of getting uh, a scoop on this along with Evan Adainer and Chris Knowlton, um, our, our new group, uh, Blue Ribbon Football Group, has launched a WPFL team in Roseville, California. So it's a Northern California town associated with this large youth club, uh, Roseville uh, Youth Soccer Club. The name of our team, our WPFL team, is Iron Rose FC. Uh, the ah. uh, brand, the logo, was just announced today. Uh, it looks as cool as the name is. Iron Rose, which is an homage to the railroad history in Roseville, as well as the name Roseville. And uh, we'll be uh, selling, uh, having a pop-up shop uh, in Roseville uh, on Sunday as well. So, um, Or fans can buy the merchandise online at uh, Roseville, I'm sorry, ironrosefc.com. Uh, but, yeah, the growth of lower division soccer nationally is phenomenal in the last five or ten years. I don't know if you remember this, uh, Daniel, but about, oh, gosh, I think it was six or seven years ago, I wrote a, a column, a long-form column for The Howler about what uh, elements go into a successful soccer market and which are the best cities in America that don't yet have soccer don't yet have professional soccer and i've looked back from time to time at that article in the list of uh, big cities medium-sized cities and small cities that at the time did not have professional soccer 
And as every year goes by, that list gets shorter and shorter and shorter because America is putting professional soccer teams in all of its cities. And when you think about it, I think there's only about four cities in America with a million population in their metro area or more that don't currently have pro soccer, uh, Baltimore, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and New Orleans. And I think um, there's a, a, a target on each of those. So probably two to five years from now, uh, that list will be shrunk to zero or one that don't have professional soccer. And I'm on the website right now, and I see the 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 Roseville Iron Rose uh, Shield looks really cool. It really looks awesome. Congratulations to you and Michael uh, Hitchcock for creating this WPSL club. All I can say is, if you get Rose Lavelle, it's a trifecta. Oh my gosh! You know she's one of my favorite players. <laughs> she went to University of Wisconsin Madison, anyways, and I think that would be a natural. I'm guessing we probably can't get her to play for us, but a special appearance, Rose. If you're listening, we would love to host you in Roseville, and we'll name the town after you, not just for the day, but forever. Well, Peter, all I can tell you is put the check in the mail. I'll take the plaudits. No, <laughs> but. <laughs> I don't mind. Look, whatever I, whatever my idea is, it's yours. You know that. But uh, well, yeah, that would be fantastic. Rose has a great, a, a great name to name things after. If you, maybe you don't know this, but um, in Madison they have two cows that uh, are at all the home games, and the fans wow. named one of them. Um, I think it's Leonella Bessie. <laughs> and mm. the other one is actually mm. named Rose Cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That is fantastic. That's great. Um, just to finish it off, Peter, um, your final round matchup was against Valhalla FC, a 3-1 victory at Valhalla FC. Uh, that, were they difficult to play against as well, or was it a comfortable victory? Oh, very difficult. They outplayed us in the first half. I mean, no doubt. You know, the first 40 minutes, um, they're a talented team. They're in a very good organization from a very good league. Um, they they led one nothing at halftime, and um, we uh, really fought hard to come back. I mean, real credit to the guys, um, uh, John Alzati with a, a great corner kick that uh, led to the, the tying goal late in the game. It's like the 89th minute. And then after that, Valhalla was really pressing, and we countered and got a free kick from outside the box. Uh, Paolo Mateo uh, scored directly off the free kick, which was uh, tremendous. To, so we ended up winning 3-1. to one. Um, But, it, it uh, boy, it was a battle. It was a battle. Not as much drama as uh, the – battle in, in Brockton, <laughs> the, the, the dark <laughs> uh, game the year before, uh, but there was still drama. There's always drama in the Open Cup, and that's what makes uh, the tournament so exciting, so wonderful, and Chicago House is very excited to return to the Open Cup proper again uh, next March. 
Absolutely, and I can't wait to see who you're going to be facing off against. I agree. It probably might be Chicago City SC, but you never know. Maybe uh, maybe you get a, a break, and it could be somebody else, but we'll have to wait and see uh, when the draw will be announced and what's going to happen. But obviously, Peter, um, I don't really have to say it. You know it. It's always wonderful to be involved in the Open Cup, and uh, uh, it should be another exciting time in 2024. And do you think you're – I mean, I know you would like to, but do you have a feeling maybe that there might be a big run coming for Chicago House and go past uh, the third and fourth rounds this time around? Oh, gosh, I would never predict that. Uh, We don't even know what our roster is going to look like. I mean, there's such turnover. You're allowed to have eight additions. Um, You know, we're anticipating some turnover, uh, some players uh, moving on and hopefully getting professional contracts. They've certainly earned it. Um, And we'll be bringing in new players. We'll have tryouts um, in in February, March uh, beforehand. Uh, But we actually have to pick our, our roster even before that. So it's a challenge. You know, um, you take them, what do they say, Daniel? You take them one game at a time, and that's all we're going to do. We're not going to make any predictions about going further than that. Absolutely. Well, all I can say, Peter, is this. Good luck for the Open Cup next year, obviously. It's great to see Chicago House back in it, qualifying for it again. And all I can do is just wish you good luck for next year. But congratulations on qualifying once again for the Open Cup for 2024. And hopefully you get a favorable draw next year. Thank you very much. I also want to give a shout-out to our women's team. Uh, Chicago House women played in independent schedule last year and did enough to uh, encourage us to join WPSL. So along with uh, Iron Rose FC WPSL team, we're adding a WPSL team in Chicago as well. Uh, So it's going to be an exciting 2024 on the men's side and the women's side uh, for for, uh, Chicago House. Absolutely. Once again, Peter Wilt, uh, owner of Chicago House, as they qualified for the U.S. Open Cup in the 2024 edition. Peter, have a wonderful evening and hope to have you back on the show again. You too. Take care, Daniel. Bye-bye. Take care. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Wilt, owner of Chicago House, as they get ready for a big, big moment in the Open Cup and cannot wait for them to uh, get into the Open Cup. We'll continue on in just a moment. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is the U.S. Open Cup qualifying review show number two. And uh, the next club that we'll talk about to review Open Cup qualifying Irvine Zeta FC2. Now, once again, Irvine Zeta FC was the original team to qualify or to be involved in the qualifying tournament for the Open Cup. But since they will be moving to NISA to start their professional league seasons, uh, their second team will now be created and they will be able to go out and just perform 
uh, in their place. And we will see what they will do, as this will be their uh, first time, I believe, is uh, in the Open Cup. So it should be exciting, and we cannot wait to see what they will do moving forward. And we'll see what they're uh, they're going to be made of uh, once we find out, or once they find out, who they'll be drawn against. Here is their list of matches that they played in the opening round. This is one of the teams that were able to start in the opening round uh, against rivals Irvine FC. It was a 3-1 win in the opening round. And then they took on Capo FC or Capistrano FC in the second round at home. And it was a 6-0 victory for Irvine Zeta FC two, and that pushed them into the third round of open cup qualifying. And it was a three, excuse me, this match tight in regulation and extra time, but boy, what an amazing penalty kick shootout they had. It was a one, one draw through regulation and extra time. And then it went to penalty kick shootout. And that one was bonkers. It ended up 10-9 in penalties for Irvine Zeta FC, too, as they defeated Escondido FC. Of course, Escondido FC, one of the tougher sides in California to go out and battle as they get ready for some more action for them. But once again, they fell uh, in penalties, and that's, you know, when you're going 10, 11, 12 rounds of penalties late in the match, all you can say is, is that this, ladies and gentlemen, was unbelievable to watch and unbelievable to talk about. Just unreal what that was able to do in the course. You know, I've seen penalty kick shootouts in my time, whether it be in the playoffs, in the Open Cup itself, I've I've only seen it gone that far, I would say, twice during MLS matches in the Open Cup or just recently, these past MLS Cup playoffs. But, you know, just to see that happen has just been unbelievable. And then, of course, finally, uh, they would host Temecula FC in the fourth round, and that one was a 3-1 victory for Irvine Zeta FC2 as they would go on to win it and win it big to advance to the U.S. Open Cup first round. Now, once again, as we've already said, Club De Leon last year, they had players team was originally an amateur team until they moved into the professional ranks for the Open Cup. And what happened was those players that went through qualifying as the amateur team at that time were were not allowed to participate in the first round 
due to the fact that they became a professional side and they were already cup-tied. And therefore, the amateur players had to be made up of this Club de Leon two-side. But Club de Leon themselves could not, the players themselves that did go through the qualification rounds could not enter into the professional level because, as as we've already said, they went through qualifying and they were cup-tied. But, of course, after this whole situation ended, that's when you had these teams now Whoever is qualifying, you know, whoever is qualifying in the qualifying rounds, and of course now Irvine Zeta is now a professional team. Now the professional team is allowed to participate in the Open Cup, and those players are no longer considered to be cup tied. So that that is something special. That is awesome, and I'm glad they made the change to the Open Cup Committee. And obviously, in a normal sense, through what goes on these days in American soccer, we all know that it's difficult to see a club that qualifies for the Open Cup but can't participate as a professional team because of the cup-tied rules. But now those rules have been wiped out. Irvine Zeta will go in as a professional side. Irvine Zeta FC2 will now be considered first round as the amateur club. So that's fantastic to see. That's fantastic to hear. And all I can say is, is that I am excited to see that happen for Irvine Zeta FC. Two, they're getting their opportunity. They have an opportunity to go out and actually qualify for the Open Cup. It's exciting. It's a lot of fun. And I cannot wait to see what's going to happen here in the Open Cup for them. And we will see what's going to be further down the road. So all you can do is all you can say is, is this, is that this has been fun to watch. Very exciting. Very exciting. And I cannot wait to see what's going to happen next year. So we get ready for a lot of fun. And we're going to get ready to see what these teams are going to do further out when we are drawing in the opening round of the U.S. Open Cup. Let's go ahead and move forward to my next guest tonight. He is the head coach of Azteca FC. This is Mr. Andy De La Rosa joining me tonight to talk about his club once again advancing and qualifying for the Open Cup. Andy, thank you for your time, and welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, uh, Daniel. Uh, how are you doing? 
I'm doing very well. Congratulations on qualifying for the Open Cup in 2024. Obviously, a lot of great, talented players in the Denver, Colorado area, even the entire state. What does it mean for you and for Azteca FC to go through four rounds of grueling qualification just to be one of 11 to get to that opening round? Well, it means a lot. I mean, um, uh, every year, I mean, the Open Cup is um, it's a priority. Uh, it's one of the most important uh, tournaments all around the U.S. So, uh, so yeah, it really means a lot. I mean, we're uh, looking forward to participating in the uh, in the proper. That's fantastic to hear. And obviously, um, you know, you got Harpo's over there, um, just a bunch of clubs in the amateur ranks to uh, battle every single match, whether it be regulation, uh, regular season, I should say, um, qualifying to get in there. Why has the Denver or at least the state of Colorado have been so uh, difficult to at least get to the top? Well, like you say, we have Harpos, FC Denver, uh, Rovers. There's a top. A, uh, there's a lot of top quality teams over here. So, uh, so it's really hard to get through. Uh, we were, we've been um, very fortunate to uh, to uh, get through several times. I think it's four times already. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really hard over here because we have a lot of. Uh, good really good players uh all around not just here in denver but all around up in the mountains um vale area uh down south in colorado springs and up north in fort collins so uh they're they're all all over the place and all these these teams uh they all they, they all they all come over here and try and uh compete with Harpos, FC Denver, Azteca, and, 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 and all the other good teams down here. Absolutely, and I can't wait to talk about these games. Let's go ahead and review uh, your matches. You started off in the opening round with a 7-0 victory, a 7-up, I like to call it, uh, over Peak 11 Football Club uh, <laughs> over at their place. What was it about this match that you were able to dismantle them so so well and so quick? Uh, I mean, Peak 11... I mean, it's, they're well-run. It's a well-run uh, team. I mean, I've known Don for years, and, I mean, every year they try and get better and better. But, uh, I mean, once once we scored the, the first goal, they, they uh, kind of they try to put more people up front and uh, try and tie it up really quick instead of taking their time, see what happened and uh, what happens. Uh, but uh, with that, with them doing that, putting more people up front, it led a lot of a lot of open spaces that we could attack, and uh, that's how we got the second one and the third one, and so on. Plus, they got a couple of red cards, so that made it a lot easier for us as well. And then, as you said, you move on to the more difficult challenge, uh, your old buddies at Harpo FC, and it was a home match, and you're able to defeat them uh, two goals to one. You edged them there, and, you know, just another typical battle against the big, bad Harpos? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Harpos, it's, I mean, those games are always good games. I mean, it's it's always 1-0, 2-1. I mean, no, I think we've, we've played them a few times in the past couple of years. And whether they beat us by one or we beat them by one, but it's always good, close games. I mean, they're, they're always good battles, always. And, um, I mean, they. I think they even got up on us 1-0 in the first half. Uh, good thing um, Good thing. Our, our right mid, George, was able to uh, tie it up before half. And then, uh, and then from there we were able just to have time to regroup and uh, kind of uh, settle down. And uh, in the second half, I mean, both teams – had chances. Uh, I think they even had one off the crossbar, and uh, we had our chances, but we neither of us could put it in. Till uh, I think it was around the 80 some minute, then uh, Oscar Montoya was able to uh, to put it in, and a great assist from uh, from our one of our midfielders. I can't recall his name. Chato Chato put that assist, and uh, he, uh, and Oscar put it in, and. Uh, it was around the 80 some minutes, so it was. Uh, we at that time, I think we were like, okay, hopefully we can hang hang on for the next few minutes. And before we continue on with reviewing your matches, I just want to say, you know, I love your crest. I, I love uh, the Azteca FC crest. It's just so uh, awesome to see what uh, goes into it, especially, you know, all the different, uh, uh, the, not just the soccer ball, obviously, and obviously involving the, uh, the flag of the state of Colorado, but all the different, I'm assuming it's, it's all the Aztec uh, photos in it. And of course the altitude of the area, just absolutely unbelievable. Who, de- who designed the crest for Azteca FC? Well, it was me. Um, it was it was me that kind of gave the idea of what I wanted. And um, a gentleman here from um, he he works with me. His name is Sergio Duran. He we always work together on on different things. But I told him this is what I want. He kind of put it together. He kind of put together my idea. And then uh, we we kind of went from there, but it was me that that gave him what I wanted and how I wanted it, and he he him and I worked together to 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 come up with this with this uh, with this crest. No, oh, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, I love it. I Thank mean, obviously, you. no, I really no, I really do because you know I. I mean, you know, we always, you know, we, we, we can talk the game, you know, from, from, you know, till the cows come home and, and the sun sets and then, you know, the sun rises the next day and everything. But I, I really enjoy seeing something like this and, uh, you know, the, the mixture of, I would say, you know, two cultures into one and, you know, the, the Mexican heritage and, of course, uh, with the American, right. uh, so that goes on in Colorado, obviously, with the mountain and the part of the, the state flag. It's just really awesome to see, and I, I love talking about that. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, a lot of people ask me, what is the fifth, what's that 5280 mean? I mean, why is that there? 
<laughs> a lot of people don't know that that's the it's the altitude. It's that's where mm-hmm. we're at, Denver, Colorado. It's five thousand two hundred and eighty feet above uh, sea level. Now, if I can ask you this question, what is the altitude level at the Azteca in Mexico City? Uh, I can Google it really quick, <laughs> but sure. I know it's higher Why than not? here. It's, I, yes. I, I know, I know, I know it's higher than uh, than here in Denver, um, but uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm really not sure what it is. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, yeah, let me in, um, here, it's, uh, 7,350. Oh, jeez. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, just, so, yeah. Just, just slightly over 2,100. Yep. Yep, why not? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a big one. Well, let's continue on here. You go to the third round. You're on. You're at FC Denver in the third round of qualifying. You defeated them two goals to nil. And as you said, it's another battle against them. Yeah, I mean, um, FC, whether it's FC Denver, Harpo's, Rovers, I mean, Peak 11, I mean, uh, th- this year we had just, Different. Every team was different. Um, this, this. Um, for example, Harpos. They let us play. I mean, they uh, they like to attack. We attack. I mean, try and keep not not, not leaving a lot of spaces. Now, FC Denver. Uh, FC Denver is more of a. That was more of a tactical game. It was a lot of they. They like to defend a lot, counter attack with a lot of speed, a lot of uh, numbers, but they never leave any spaces. I mean, they're always um, real compact, real organized on the back. So uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, I, I think we scored. With on the first half, it was zero zero. But, uh, I mean, we were on them all the time, all the time, but they were really good on the back end. So it was really hard for us to, uh, to, um, to attack, to attack them. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, at the first, um, on the halftime, it was 0-0. And then after that, in the second half, um, God, I don't remember what minute it was, but he took a really good shot on a set piece. Of, of of it was I it was a free kick from the right to the left. Again, our captain Oscar Montoya took that took that free kick, and uh, he he hit it off the post and it went in. And um, and that, that after that, I mean, it was around the seventh fifth minute around there. And um, I mean, after that, they, there were some more spaces, obviously, because they uh, FC Denver wanted to tie it up. So uh, we were able to get that second goal. Like I don't know, five, ten minutes after that, but uh, but yeah, that that was also a great game, really good game. Awesome to hear. And finally, you traveled down to New Mexico to take on UDA, UDA Soccer. They were in the Open Cup last year and. Uh, able to qualify out. You defeated them two goals to one at their place. Was it a little bit different of a tactics for you? Were you able to scout that game before you played it? No, we never, I mean, we, we didn't. Um, and, um, 
the reason we didn't is because we knew that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know this, but they're a, they're out of NMSU, so they're a college mm-hmm. team pretty much. So uh, we knew that they were not going to have the same players because, well, some graduated already. And and this this time around, I don't think uh, – I think last year's uh, team, when we played them in the fourth round, was a lot – they they had a lot more. They, they were a little bit stronger back then. I think they had a lot of seniors in that team. This time around, they were more young, a younger team. So it was not as tough. I mean, we were able to uh, – uh, I mean, we had it said we were going to go in there and try and right away um, put, our, uh, put our pain into it. So uh, I mean, within ten ten within ten minutes, we were already up to zero. So uh, after that, we were like, okay, let's calm down, let's settle down, let's just try and keep this uh, two goal lead. And uh, that at halftime, we did some changes, we did some subs. Uh, everything was to defend, to defend, to defend those two goals. At the end, it was a set piece, I think, that they scored one on us. But, I mean, it was already like the 89th minute. So uh, we were able to hold them off, and uh, uh, and it worked out for us. That's fantastic to hear. And uh, it should be exciting to see who you're going to face. I'm assuming you'll probably face a team from either California or maybe Nevada. Uh, I'm not sure if there's another club from Colorado that will be in the area for you, or you may go to Texas, but you know, uh, it's going to be exciting to see Azteca FC return to the open cup and hopefully you'll make a big run. I hope so too. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've never been past this, uh, the, the first round of the year proper. So hopefully this time it'll be our, uh, it'll be our first time going through. Well, Andy, all I can say is thank you very much for joining me tonight. It was really wonderful to have you on. Good luck next year in the draw, and hopefully it will be a very solid opponent and you can move on past the opening round. Hey, uh, pleasure being there, and uh, thank you for having me. Uh, Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Have a good night, Andy. Hey, Daniel, thank you. You're welcome. Andy De La Rosa, head coach of Azteca FC over in the Denver, Colorado area, as they are back in the U.S. Open Cup. And hopefully, hopefully they can go out and they can battle for the Open Cup and get past that opening round. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I cannot wait to see what's going to happen with them moving forward. And joining me tonight right now for the very first time, uh, I have Mr. Dominic Pando from FC Folsom in California as they qualify for the first time for the U.S. Open Cup. Dominic, welcome to the show, and how are you? Great. How are you doing tonight? Well, doing very well. Congratulations on qualifying for the Open Cup. What was that like for you once the final whistle blew in that final round to make it to the promised land? <laughs> well, obviously, it was very exciting for us and the, as a team. It was uh, something we've been striving for. for. It was the first season for us, and it was actually something that we were really looking forward to, to getting into the Open Cup and, and advancing it the way we did, playing some teams now that were – uh, mm-hmm. 
Go ahead. No, keep going. No, you're good. Keep going. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, no, it was exciting to play against a couple teams that we've actually had some uh, some run-ins with in the past and be able to uh, face up in such a, a big uh, event as, as the Open Cup is. It was really exciting to to be a part of it and, and win in those circumstances. And we got the luck of the draw having home field all four or three, three out of the four games. Absolutely. And what was that like from the fans that attended that final match? I mean, obviously there had to be a party going on and, and seeing obviously your club holding on to that banner that said qualified. Yeah, it was absolutely very exciting. We've got a, a local club that's behind us right now, surf soccer club. And uh, they've kind of they've lit the stands up for us, uh, and for having all the, the the home fans there and and our, our local sponsors, it was uh, so exciting for all of us. And the players are just, I mean, they're still they they keep asking me who's our next opponent, who's our next opponent. They cannot wait for the next round. They're very excited. Uh, that's fantastic to hear, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And once your guys uh, get out there on the pitch to see who they're going to battle against, uh, of course, we'll find out when the date is for that first round draw and hopefully it will be a strong draw for your club. Now, for those of us not familiar, um, where is Folsom located in California and where are you close to and, and how big of a pool is it with your players? It's actually uh, pretty exciting. So we're based out of, uh, we're in the Sacramento region. So um, Sacramento is the closest, you know, footprint where most people would be aware of in California. Um, we have a lot of players based from Sacramento all the way up into the the foothills in, in El Dorado Hills, that type of area. Um, we, Sacramento is a, is a hotbed for uh, for players. Um, as you know, is, uh, Sacramento FC um, Republic is, has had a very successful run here as they've gotten to the USL. Um, and so we have a lot of players you know, come, you know, that are trying to get into the, the first team for them that are, that are playing with us. And, and uh, we have a, mostly local kids. We have uh, you know, kids, adults. We have a lot of players that are uh, often in the college that, are, that come back, uh, you know, that are playing D1 uh, college ball. And then we've got several players that are actually on trial right now uh, in, in the off season that may have, we un- Fortunately for them, and fortunately that, that we get to see them off, hopefully, um, you know, that we unfortunately might miss in the Open Cup. But, uh, you know, our whole goal is to see those those players get go to the next level. Absolutely. I can't wait to see what's going to happen when your new players go out there and perform for the club. Let's go ahead and review your matches. Uh, opening round, you were on the road at Battleborn FC in Nevada. You defeated them three goals to one. What? difficulties were there before you're able to get that victory yeah that that was an interesting game because obviously that was our first one and we've not we didn't know anything about battleborn and we we actually at the last minute on the way to the game uh it's about a two and a half hour drive for us we lost four players on the way there for uh sickness we had a couple guys that were sick uh, an injury um we traveled there with only 13 players um, when we got there, uh, it was it was a shock to the system. Um, you know, they they actually scored on us first. They were a big athletic team, um, and we were a little bit unprepared. We had to put guys in different positions, but we, you know, we turned it around and, and had a halftime talk and got the guys all 
you know, all turned around and got it prepared. And I'll tell you what, I couldn't be any more proud to see 13 guys come come out with a victory in that game. They did a hell of a job. That's fantastic. And yeah, Battleborn is they're going to give you a game. That's for sure. I, I've talked with them last year. Boy, they can give you a game, and uh, it's a big battle with them. Uh, second round, you hosted UC Davis Club with a 2-1 victory. Obviously, Davis is not a stranger, whether it's regular Davis or Davis Club. What difficulties were there, and why were you able to uh, overcome that? That's another interesting game. So that, that Davis Club was basically formed for, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Napa 1839, a very quality, quality organization um, that plays in the UPSL and NPSL. They basically were the Davis club team. Uh, there was, you know, four or five players from Davis's, their, their top players, and then the top players out of Napa, which we've seen them two games prior to that game uh, that we came out a victory in our UPSL game against them. So we weren't, we were familiar with the, the players. That was probably one of the toughest games we saw all through the uh, first four uh, games. Napa is, uh, in fact, they're the one they're in the UPSL right now and in, in, uh, going into second round playing in Oregon to, uh, this weekend. They are a quality, quality uh, team. So it was basically a Napa team. In fact, when we showed up, the Napa vans and, and the whole the whole crew, their band, everything was there, and we realized we were playing Napa, not Davis. So, um, but that was a that was a that was a great game. We're prepared for them, though. We do know them very well. All I can say is hide your corkscrews. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. No, I do know about Napa Valley actually because uh, I did talk to their uh, uh, to their people a long time ago when they were in the uh, National Premier Soccer League. I host a uh, I have a dedicated show to the league, so I did have uh, conversations with them in the past. So very nice people, but yeah, hide your corkscrews. They're quality. Anyway, <laughs> quality. <laughs> quality. Uh, you had a five-three victory in the third round over Valley. 559 FC. Now, I'm assuming that's the area code 559, but, um, you know, I've never heard of them at all. What difficulty, you know, what was the difficulty against them? And, you know, it looked like defense was just thrown out the window in this one. That's another game. That is probably, of all games, our our biggest rivalry. Uh, They beat us in a round of uh, 30, uh, the round of 32 in the spring season. Um, they are a very – they have a big, big following. Um, their biggest fear is their fans. <laughs> they have a, a, a group of, of uh, fans that come out there, and they make it a very intimidating atmosphere, whether it's at their home field or they travel. Um, they're a very, very well-coached team, and the players are extremely talented. Um, that was – that game there, they started off the first two minutes down – uh, one, two players, I believe it was, in the first like two minutes, they were literally still traveling and showing up there. In fact, their goalie didn't even have his goalie gloves. We loaned them a set of goalie gloves for that game. We got on them on the first goal right after their second player got there, and they were full squad. We got a goal on them, and they were very frustrated. And they have a little bit of uh, – there's a little bit of a battle between us. So when we, when we step up on the pitch with each other, you know that it's going to be a feisty, feisty game. Um, it was it was good to get redemption on them and, and get that game. We did give up two late goals, which we probably should not have. Um, we had pretty much had that game in, in hand, uh, but then we gave it two goals at the very end, which was you know 
poor on our part, but in in all reality, it was it was that was a that was a great victory for us mentally and physically. So what? So what you're saying is their fans are uh, the soccer version of the black hole by those Raiders fans. One hundred and ten percent. Oh my God! I can't believe that. This is supposed to be the amateur divisions. They're not supposed to be that scary. Not- What's going on here? <laughs> the, the, yeah, it was. It's that's a. It's 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 it, they bring some they bring life to, to the game i promise you that so when, when we travel next time we travel and we're going to their their game we'll be we'll be fully prepared but uh if we go okay. to their facilities because they are it's a tough place to play oh i bet it is no i'm listen now i'm happy to hear that though it's great to hear uh amateur teams getting that level of support from their fans it's just wonderful to hear and hopefully your fans will do the same thing at your games as well um finally you know, I, I give this team a lot of credit. Enter San Francisco. Uh, that's probably one of the more tougher opponents right now on the West Coast there. Um, obviously, there are other tougher opponents uh, that have been doing this for a long time. But, you know, seeing what they were able to do last year and unfortunately not able to get out of the opening round. But there was a damn good one against uh, El Farolito, though. Uh, you defeat them four goals to two what was that like against inter san francisco that was another game we were not really truly prepared for almost like the battleborn game we did not know enough about them i just you know i watched a lot of video as much as i could um we weren't sure what players were coming what weren't we we knew that the uh that they had several players from oakland roots come into that game or previous oakland roots players so we knew they're going to be quality which they were um I think we just truly outplayed them in that game. We were we were prepared. We were we, we had all the right players there. Um, we were we were clicking on all cylinders. I mean, I think we put a lot of pressure on them, and they're unexpected. They have a they have a real threat with some you know speed and size up top, and and you know we we prepared for that all week, and um, we kind of shut that down. And once we took that away from them, and we possessed the ball. I think that uh, we took them out of, out of their game and we were able to, to get on them early again. And then they ended up getting a, a, a silly red card by one of the players by, you know, making a foolish you know mistake by spitting on one of our players. And they ejected him and, and that kind of just took all the uh, wind out of their cells, unfortunately for them, but fortunate for us. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, you don't like to see that obviously. And uh, you know, it kind of, I mean, look, great win for you. Uh, it just stinks because it was probably a, a really competitive match. And when they go that far, that's when it kind of sours it a little bit, but not really for you because once again, the final whistle blows and it's a big celebration on your pitch. And here comes the giant banner that says qualified. Pretty exciting moment for us. And, and once again, that our, our, our stands are starting to, I think we probably have between us and Napa, probably the top PSL fans in this, in the area that, I mean, we, we, we load up the stadium and we're getting a lot of following. So with that, with bringing that banner out and all the people there, that was very, there was a lot of energy. And uh, let me tell you, it took a day and a half just to settle down. It was pretty exciting. I bet it was. But let me ask you this for yourself personally, as you are not just the head coach of the club, you're also the owner. What what does that mean for you on a personal level? You know, your family's obviously there rooting for you and hoping you can get to this level. What does this mean for you? And at the same time, obviously, Christos FC is the current denominator. They went the furthest 
several, several years ago where they went to the fourth round, unfortunately losing to DC United, but they did score the opening goal on that one, and everyone keeps talking about them. Is that the idea to emulate what Christos did back in 2017 for this club now, for 2024? Be honest with you, we want to take it as far as we can. We don't want to compare ourselves to anybody else. My biggest goal is to give these players that we have on our team the exposure they deserve. You know, that was the whole purpose of, of putting this whole uh, team together was to give players a pathway that sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm pretty familiar uh, having a kid playing professionally and the, what it takes to go through those steps. Uh, it's not easy. The pathway is very difficult unless you've got people helping you open the doors. So I'm hoping that these steps will open up um, uh, some avenues for the players that are trying to go to that next level. And that's really, truly what it's about. It's about the players. Um, personally, for me, I mean, I love it just because I see the smile. I mean, my, my whole my whole purpose of this team is a brotherhood and in uh, helping one another get to the next level. Um, my, this is a family all 100% solely ran um, by basically my family, my wife, my daughter-in-law, my, and both my kids. And we are, everything's volunteered. So what we can do uh, for the other players and helping them uh, achieve their goals and, and do this with excitement and bring a community behind us now, um, it's, it's, that's, that's what I want. I, I, and I want to see, you know, I hope that if I get one player gets a signed contract because he got some exposure out of us, you know, playing well and, and going as far as we can in open cup, that's, that, that'll make me happy. That's what I was about. Yep, absolutely. Cannot wait for that. Dominic, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Good luck in the opening round draw, and hopefully get a favorable draw, and you hope you host it. And all I can say is good luck, and thank you for coming on tonight. Thanks. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a great evening. Thank you, you too. Dominic Pardon Pando. Dominic Pando, FC Folsom head coach and owner as they go into the Open Cup. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank my guests tonight once again from Chicago House, Peter Wilt, from Azteca FC, Andy De La Rosa, and from FC Folsom, Dominic Pando. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And join me one more time this week uh, as we're going to close up the 2023 American soccer season here on the Forestines Fire American Soccer Show. Thank you for your time. Have a good night. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long and bye-bye. Have a good night, everybody.